contrary to what that word says. When a trial comes into your life, God, God sends us into the trial. The devil just takes advantage of it because he's on trial. God's trying to get us out of his courtroom. That's all God's trying to do, so he sends us that way to get us out of that courtroom. God will never send you to a trial unless he has spoken to you first. He, won't, he will never speak to you without providing for you first. So he gives you his word. And that's all you're going to have in that trial is that word. And when you say, I'm going to do this word instead of doing what my flesh is telling me to do right now. Because my flesh wants me to keep the biscuit. I'm going somewhere with this. However, he was demonstrating a concept that is foundational in God's economy. Is you got to put God first. I don't care what's in your pocket. When God gives us a message, he expects us to put him first. And when we do, we've already looked at all these testimonies. Just by putting him first. Giving him the biscuit. With every request, there is a promise. With every biscuit, there is a meal. We've got to give God the biscuit. This biscuit might be the last $10 you have. It might be the last dollar you have. But this biscuit, if you keep it, will keep you broke. That's all you'll have. That's what she said. I'm going to make the, my son and I a meal, and we're going to die. Anything God gives you, except your children and your husband and your wives and your family, should never take residency with you. Your money's not God. Your money is God's. Your house is God's. Your car is God's. And the only reason he asked you to give up the biscuit is because he's got a meal on the way. And listen, listen to what this says. The jar of flour will not run out. And the bottle of oil will not become empty before God sends the rain. So this woman was in a drought. There was no rain. I think Elijah stopped the rain, didn't he? I think God set him up to do that for this testimony right here. Listen, if you're broke, busted, and disgusted, it's because you're not giving. If you are true kingdom-minded, if you're a true kingdom kid, if you're a true son of God, then the reason that we are broke and struggling is because we're trying to apply the world's economy to a heavenly system, and it will not work. It won't work. And 5% is not the tithe. 8% is not the tithe. I want you to get this right because the next 10 years is well let me I'm, I, I can't go that far let me let me let me stay with this message right here all right let's look at uh let's see if she obeyed if she obeyed she would not lack during the drought how many have been through a drought how many have been through the economy just crashing i can tell you i never lacked when the economy crashed in fact the lord increased us so that we could capitalize some of our competition to bid against us. Now, who does that? But God. Your money's supposed to work for you. God gave that money as a tool to work for you. And listen, if you have money and don't have increase, the problem is there's an order. And I'm going to give you the order. I already gave you part of the order on another teaching. But we can get things out of order by how we handle God's things. God's ways are not our ways. The church is not in the economy of the world. You can't apply the economy of the world to yourself. 
I am not a worldly, economy-minded person. Because God has transformed my mind. He's already proven himself that I'm in a different economy, a different kingdom. When we put God first, not only will our finances be in right order, but you will never run out. Because when that order is right, that single river that flows from God is flowing into your life without ceasing. Prosperity, supply and provision, divine communication with God, and divine protection is in that one river. It's all there. And every time we, we use this thing that's on our shoulders to, to make a decision, because that's the way we used to do it, or that's the way the world does it, we block the river from flowing out of me. This woman overcame her fears, responded in faith, and God was faithful to his promise. Fear is nothing but a big devil. How many of y'all deal with fear? We all deal with fear. Fear comes around me, but fear can't get in me anymore. So is our biscuit holding our meal up? Doing things the world's way ain't going to work. What level of glory do you think this woman experienced in this verse? What level of glory do you think she experienced? She experienced the third one. Supernatural manna provision, supernatural provision. There's seven levels of glory, and the church is still stuck in the second level. Isn't that sad? After 2,000 years. Why is that? Because the apostles were cast out of the church and replaced by the spirit of Jezebel and replaced by administrators. That's what happened. The church would have got wrapped up a long time ago if this hadn't happened. So am I a biscuit? Prosperity is the evidence of you keeping God's word. Keep that in mind. Write that down. It's very important. Prosperity is the evidence of you keeping God's word. God's word said not to fear. Man, how easy it is for a Christian to fear or get angry or offended. You know, in the Jewish mindset, if you are not prospering, you're under a curse. And they look at you like you have broken the word. Because all of Israel was wealthy. Now, if all of Israel in the natural is wealthy, how much more the spiritual Israel? That's you. Did you know you were a Jew now? You are a Jew. When your spirit got regenerated, you have a Jewish spirit. Now you are the spiritual Jew. The same blessing that Israel experiences should be the same blessing that you experience. Wealth is common in Israel. So if you don't, we got some of this on the screen. If you don't, if you do not prosper in Israel, they actually look at you like something's wrong with you. How would you feel if somebody did that? Like something's wrong with you if you're not prospering. Listen, God stands over his word. He's waiting to perform it based on your action, based on your obedience. Prosperity is a result of God performing his word. And you may have a little bit of prosperity, and that's the way God does it. 
How do I know it's from God? Mamie gave some good testimony. That's how you know. It just shows up. It just shows up. I've seen crazy stuff in that business over there. Crazy stuff. Where money would just show up. Absolutely a mystery. So ask yourself, have I broken the word? If you have got if you have broken the word, you can get it right tonight. This is like one of those appointed times. Remember the last appointed time when the Lord said, give them the order? Remember the order? The tithe, the offering, offering, um, the first fruit, the uh, what was it? Alms and the seed. When you get that order right, then there's another order you have to get into. And that's what I'm going to share with you a little bit tonight. And then Zenny's going to teach on that <clears throat> later tonight. No, I'm just kidding. What's <laughs> going on? See, when we have, <clears throat> when we, when we come under, when we, when we break the word of God, we come under the. You're always going to be under an authority. You come under the authority of the second heaven. Right there. The dark heaven. When you, when you don't do the word and you just heard it, you come under that authority of that heaven, that second heaven. And that's where deception rules and reigns is in that second heaven. But when you obey the word of God, then you come under the authority of the blessing, which is the third heaven. So biscuits are, are the fruit of the second heaven. Aren't you tired of living a biscuit life? You just having a biscuit in your pocket? Don't know it, can't, can't give it up because this biscuit is going to pay my light bill. And if I don't pay my light bill, then I'm going to have no lights. This biscuit is going to pay my rent. I can't give it to God or I won't be able to pay my rent. The church is talking like the world. <laughs> I'm going to glue this right here on him. <laughs> I want you to wear that to church tomorrow when you're preaching. All right. <laughs> God sent me a pastor that I loved. Man, I love this man. There's too many biscuit saints in the church. And God wants to change it. If you'll get your mindset right, if you just change your mindset, God's going to position you the next 10 years for wealth. Wealth was the norm in Israel. Wealth should be the norm for you. Let's look at uh, Psalm 112 in the Spirit-filled version, 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. What is that? Health? Oh, come on. Now, what's it say? Health? Wealth. No, the church don't believe in wealth. It believes in health. You can get church people to believe in health before they believe in wealth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. It says in there, blessed is the man who hates evil. That's what the fear of the Lord is. And delights in obedience. Part of the reason God sent people in this door is to get them to where they can obey. Amen. It's hard to obey God when you had it your way for so long. I've been there. It's, it was hard. The widow obeyed the word of life and moved from a biscuit life to a blessed life. A widow. That God wasn't even in her. And he's in you. 
Let's look at Proverbs 8.21. Proverbs 8.21. That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. How did you, what did Jesus say when he said, how will you know that you love him? You keep his word. You keep his word. So many times we let go of the word when the trial comes. When, when something's not going our way, we think the word is not working. That is the entrance of the word working. When something's not going your way, you have to know that the word just showed up. It made an entrance. Anytime the word shows up, it's going to shake hell and heaven. Because when that revelation shows up, the reason it shakes hell and shakes heaven is because it has resurrection power on it. I'm still amazed that when Jesus rose from the grave, all those dead bodies for hundreds of years rose up with him. Isn't that amazing? And the Bible says the same spirit that did that is in you. Isn't that amazing? We're coming into a, a supernatural life that you have never experienced before. When this thing right here gets straightened out and starts thinking like God and stops, and stops thinking like man and starts trusting God instead of trusting man, then you're getting on the right track. You're getting on the right track. Notice that word cause. That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. Listen, wealth is gift wrapped with trouble. That's what kept me going all these years. Because believe me, my trouble is a lot, lot stronger and deeper than your trouble. Because of the office function. It's a stronger grace. So it's got bigger problems. But the wealth outweighed the problems. And I said, Lord, why is it every time you try to get something to me that there's trouble? He said, blessings are gift wrapped with trouble. You enter the kingdom through what? Many tribulations. Cause means circumstantial. So there's a circumstance that has to show up on your doorstep before a wealth transfer. So if you had some circumstances, you know you're on track. Now these circumstances are something you can't hardly control. And then when you try to control them, they get worse. They get worse. Wealth is behind the circumstance. God's just positioning you so you can receive it. Brooke, Brooke's my daughter right here. She said, Dad, how did, you get, how did you get all these millions? I don't remember what I said, but I had to refer it back to God. Education will never get it. Education without favor doesn't go too far. He's got my notes right there. <laughs> I didn't know he took them yesterday. So he's been studying them. So he's on track with me. You can have a lot of education and no favor and be broke by the end of your life. An Ivy League person and be broke by the end of your life. It happens every day. I'll never forget the first train to rain class I opened up three or four years ago. And I was looking at millionaires that were no longer millionaires. And the Lord said, look at those millionaires who are no longer millionaires. But they will be again. Because God gives you the power to create the wealth. For him, not you. He said, you know what the difference is, Gene, between them and you? Because he had me teaching them. He said, whatever they put their hand to, 
has never, never lasting life on it. He said, but whatever you put your hand to has everlasting life on it. Man, you talk about some entrepreneurs. That got their attention. When you challenge an entrepreneur, he wants to get it right. So can you imagine this biscuit right here has an everlasting life attached to it? Because the woman said, I'm going to make a meal with this biscuit and I'm going to die. The biscuit that pays my rent, the biscuit that pays my bills. I can't let this thing go. I may not have power. What do they say about my integrity? Listen, when God gives a message, he's going to back it up. He's going to back this thing up. And I, in fact, the Lord reminded me of this. That there was, this was years ago, 20-something years ago. And somebody uh, sent another guy over to my office who was uh, like a like a uh, Baptist or a Catholic or something um, and didn't believe in tithes. So this friend of mine wanted me to talk to him about tithes and why he should pay tithes. And I texted him through the scripture and I said, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, tell him, tell him, go ahead and pay the tithes. And if it don't work for him, that you will reimburse him for all that he spent. I was a two-year-old baby Christian. I was still getting the cycle right. But I told him, I said, look, if you pay this tithe, and he is from North Carolina, and if it don't work for you, you call me and I'll reimburse you. And the Lord just brought that up. So he's saying tonight, if this doesn't work for you, you'll call me. You'll call me and I'll call him. I'll call him. All right, Dad, you told me to say it. My Lord. Wealth does not come from education. You can get riches from education, but they won't last. They'll make you miserable. You'll be absolutely miserable. I would be miserable if I didn't stay in the presence of God. Because I'd worry about losing it. But when you're in the presence of God, you don't care if it's even there. Because you know he's taking care of you. And he knows what's going to make you happy. Wealth comes from fearing the Lord and obeying his word. So at the end of the day, you need the hand of God. And listen. He just said, Gene, you know what? He said, my hand follows my voice. That's a revelation. So his voice is speaking. And you're hearing. And his hand is following his voice. His hand is his grace. It's the hand of grace. So there are there are set times of visitation from God. And these are the feast. Great grace comes from obeying the word and the feast. This is very important because Zinni's going to be teaching on this this year. She's, got some, she's really got some good stuff on it. Feast are set times for the supernatural visitation. Israel observed all the feast of the Lord, and that was the result of Israel's wealth. Remember we talked about the mega cycle? That cycle is, is turning, and it's turning. And, and this cycle is going to hit you like you've never hit something been hit before. With God's blessings. 2,000 years the church has not come into the inheritance. Of the blessings of Abraham. The church, is, the church is to have the same blessing as Israel. 
You, how many, raise your hand if you want to be blessed. Am I talking to the right people? That you want to be wealthy. It doesn't matter what age you are. This thing can happen overnight. It's happened for me overnight, over and over again, overnight, over and over again. Just running me down the more I ran towards God. Increasing my altar time is what does it. The carnal religious church says, if you have wealth, you're not godly. I've been persecuted for the wealth I have by church people. I'll come out of restaurants and um, let's go to Matthew 19.24. This might be one of the scriptures. Yeah, this scripture is on my windshield. And again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I wonder where Solomon is right now. Somebody put that on my window. I wonder where Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is. Do you think they're in hell? They were the richest in the world at that time. Solomon was the richest man ever. Do you think he's in hell? You challenge that with a religious mindset. They don't know what to say. God blessed Solomon. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God has blessed the church, but the church has not stepped into the blessing because even Solomon followed the order of God. Everyone followed the order of God. And this is how, this is how um, let's go to Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So a rich man can get through. <laughs> with God, all things are possible. When you don't have wealth, you tend to preach against it. When you have wealth, you tend to preach for it. People speak evil of what they don't understand. I don't know how many people said this is an occult. I'm an occult leader. And I said, Lord, what is this? What is an occult? What does it, what does it mean? Gene, he said, Gene, wherever the presence, wherever my presence is not, has become an occult. Wherever his presence is not, so that summed it up for me. We have his presence. Wealth is for the church. The church is in right standing with God. The church is in right standing with God, which means righteousness. Righteousness. Now let's see. Let's look at Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. How do you know you're a sinner? How do you know you're a sinner? Pastor Mike, you could probably answer that pretty easy. No, I'm just easy. <laughs> I used to pick on Carrie all the time. Now it's Pastor Mike. <laughs> How do you know you're a sinner? Because Christians can be sinners. But in this verse, he's talking about someone that does not know God, that's not even saved. That's not even saved. Look at this. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 2.26. God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work you need to underline that, of gathering and collecting that he may give it to him who is good before God. Now you see all these sinners out there working and laboring and sweating and working the curse, getting all working 90 hours a week and 100 hours a week, 
storing up wealth and they don't even realize they will never keep it. Because when you get in position, it's coming to you. I'm trying to get you in position. I was one of those sinners. The anointing to create wealth was on me from birth. I made a lot of money in my, from 20 to 30 years old, and it went through my hands, had wings on it. That's what the Bible says, and holes in my pocket. So the anointing comes from God. The difference in working the anointing and stewarding the anointing is this. I had the anointing, but I was under the curse. I had the anointing of God to create wealth, but I was under the curse. So I had to work it and work it. I worked 80 hours a week, I know, working, working it, trying to get money built up. And I got it built up, and it all left. Where did it go? I know a portion of it went to Sister Powers. <laughs> yeah, $12,000. Yeah, I had a red pickup truck with red velvet interior. And all the architects said, Hall, why are you driving that whorehouse around? That's what it looked like. It was candy apple red, and the interior was red velvet. And you see me driving around that? But look what God, with that, God did with that biscuit. He took that red pickup truck and turned it into a red Ferrari. Don't be a Christian that's storing up wealth for another Christian that's got it right. Because that's going to provoke jealousy. Because there are Christians who are sinners. It's in the Word. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he who made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Are you in him? Are you in him? Then you are righteous. And you're in position to receive. But once you get in position, there's got to be an order that leaves your mouth and leaves your hands to be able to receive. Galatians 3, 6, and 7. Let's look at this. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted for him, to, to him for righteousness, therefore now know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. How many do you know? Did you know you're a son of Abraham? Abraham's wealth was tied to two things. And this is very important you get this now. Here they are. A visitation and a sacrifice. His visitation brought him to places he couldn't get there without God. His visitation brought him to places he couldn't get. And sacrifice, wealth is tied to the sacrifice. So the visitation, when God visits you, and this is what happened on these feasts, when God visits you, he's given you access to a place for a sacrifice. When we come in here, we sacrifice everything. We have the sacrifice of praise. We got the sacrifice. We sacrifice our flesh. We sacrifice everything for the glory of God. There are millionaires under the sound of my voice tonight, the Lord said that don't even know that they are millionaires yet. Would you like to be a millionaire? God didn't, didn't call the world to be millionaires. He called the church to be millionaires. I never asked to be a millionaire. Listen, I never asked God for one dime. I never asked God for anything but a wife. It was my pursuit of him. Just like what we do up here, this worship, that is pursuing God. That's how you do it. You can't just open up the Bible and think you're pursuing God. 
when you open up your Bible, you're getting to know him. But when you praise and worship him, you are pursuing his face. None of this is going to be based on your ability. I look at my, the guys, the people I went to high school with, and we were drug dealers. And I look at their life compared to mine. And it's like night and day. Because there's, we're in two different kingdoms. And we have a bunch of young people in here. We have some older folks. But it doesn't matter. Don't think you're too old to receive wealth. It's already given to the church. The church is just not in alignment with God's order. The sinners have all got it stored up and they're miserable because you can't get it right. They're miserable. They don't know what's coming to you. But they're miserable because you can't get it right. God gives them the task of storing it up for you. My Lord. So it's based on visitation and sacrifice. The first order I gave you, the tithes, the offerings, the uh, first fruit, <clears throat> the alms and the seed. That's the blessings of the church. The visitation and the sacrifice is the blessings of Abraham. There's a big difference. There's a big difference when Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it more abundantly. So the first order keeps you blessed in the church, keeps you protected, keeps you blessed. But you never go into the abundance that Jesus was talking about because what he was talking about, he was talking about the blessings of Abraham that you're supposed to be in. Feast times are known times of visitation from the Lord. Israel knew feast was the reason they were wealthy. Not just rich. You can be rich in, in the church by following the first order. But you can be wealthy by following the second order. <clears throat> so we are either in a biscuit economy or we are in a blessed economy. It's one or the other. Listen, if we are not expanding, if we are not increasing, we are in a heathen economy and don't even know it. The Lord has positioned me to be a blessing to you. And God knows what will happen if you just get this alignment right. He's waiting on you. But it's amazing we don't know what to do till we hear on how to do it. You're hearing it tonight. When God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, he delivered them from a biscuit economy to a blessed economy. Let's look at Exodus 13, 17, and 18. I'm, let's see. I'm, I might not want to go there. No, I'm not going to go there. I don't have time for that. <clears throat> I'm going to move ahead a minute. When the, you know, when the Israelites did come out of Egypt, God gave them a name. And the name was I Am. I am the self-sufficient one. I am the self-existent one. That's the name that he came out of that with. He gave them a name. I am. So they did not have to go back to the world to get wealth. The world was now coming to them. See, when I was lost, I went to the world to get, get money. But when I got saved and got this order right, the world came to me. We've built uh, multi-million dollar homes from, from Keebler Cookie Company and all these. I mean, we don't, we, we don't do zero. We do zero marketing. I never had a website. Until Lee came in with the real estate. I never had it. My son-in-law said, Gene, how did you get all this with no marketing? God markets you in the spirit realm. 
He gives you favor with him and with man. It's such a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when favor is on your life. You don't want, you don't want the curse on your life. You want favor on your life. So what is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is giving what you can. Giving what you can is not a sacrifice. Giving what I can is not a sacrifice. Giving what's going to pay my next bill is my sacrifice. That really locates your trust. That's a trust trust measure. Think about that. Faith has come at the hearing of this word. That's it's not your faith that's going to do it. You'll have a supernatural peace come on you. I know, I've done it. Sacrifice is having nobody to look to but God. It's amazing how the devil can stir us up to start looking to man for help when God is about to hand it to you. The meal that won't run out. Can you imagine a biscuit turn into a meal that will never run out? Sacrifice pierces the resistance of the enemy. Sacrifice pierces the resistance of the enemy. And that's the scary thing right there. When you stop giving, your returns slow down. Your giving should be increasing every week. I keep, I keep money in, my, in every one of my cars. I keep money around me because I'm going to sow every day into somebody. And I have not distributed money in this ministry. Somebody else's angels have been coming in this place. I said, Lord, you're not using me no more. <laughs> Obedience is better than sacrifice, right? Sacrifice. The return slows down. When you stop giving. Listen to this. My son-in-law is a money manager, right, Mason? He, he's, that's what he's educated in. He manages our money. And I wrestle with Mason sometimes. You know, uh, I say, Mason, how much can you get off of this? What's the return on this? He said, probably 5%. And I'm thinking... Why don't I just take it and sow it into the kingdom? Because it's 30, 60, 100%. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what the word says. And then there's another say it says 1,000%. 30% return. And I'm getting biscuits from Mason. <laughs> He'll laugh at this. Your biscuit. Return turns into a meal. The devil wants to break the cycle. That's the key. He wants to break the cycle. You know how you can get on a giving spree and you're giving, you're giving, and then a circumstance shows up and the devil uses a circumstance to break the cycle. Now you know the wealth was just right there at the doorstep. God was at the doorstep. The meal was at the doorstep. Nobody should know that you're in need but you and God. That's what the word says. I'll guarantee you this widow, nobody knew but she and God. And look what God did for her. Spoke to a prophet to go to that woman's house and take what she had. <laughs> I'm sure she really wanted to die right then. <laughs> See, what you sow into, you perpetuate. 
you perpetuate it. You actually, portals open up for visitation. When you start sowing, portals actually open up for visitation. Visitation with no sacrifice cannot be sustained. We get visitations in here all the time. But there's always got to be a sacrifice. And it doesn't always have to be money. The feast is where the money sacrifice is. That's the sacrifice. Is in the feast. The other order, the tithes, the, the, the first fruit, all that, that's not the sacrifice. God gives you seed to maintain that. But the sacrifice is the feast. Now let's look at these feasts. Let's put that on the screen. The feast of Passover. And and I have the dates to these. Um that we'll have for you next Saturday. We'll have a sheet. I'm going to have Charlene print out a sheet with this on it with the dates so that you know the dates of the feast because God said we had, even in the New Testament, we had to honor the feast. How do you honor something? How do you honor people? When God called, called us to honor, honor God, Honor the king and honor all people. I think it's in 2 Timothy. There's two things you do. You speak well of them. And the second thing is you sow into them. That's how you honor the feast. When you honor the feast, there's going to be a visitation. And after every visitation, God requires a sacrifice to keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. So we'll have these dates. Second one, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is when we clean up our house. We get all the sin out of our house. You know, demons can attach themselves to objects. That's what got Chris's attention. First day he ever came in here, I was teaching on demons and, and how they're attracted to things in your house. And you don't even know it. The feast of the first fruits. The feast of Pentecost. The feast of the tabernacle. The feast of the trumpets and the feast of atonement. These are the seven that Christians are supposed to honor. All these feasts provoke a visitation from God. I think it's interesting how God has led me into the, and Zinni and I into this teaching this year because we had to get rid of the strongholds first. Because every time God visited in the Old Testament, He visited the sin upon the third and fourth generations. So every time God visits and their strongholds, all hell breaks loose. The strongholds are completely against God. Resistant to God. So God's been getting these spots out of us, right? He's positioning us to be wealth carriers. So let's go to the last thing. I'm going to put that on the screen and I'm going to be finished. Just showing them the order. The order. Maybe that's not on there. I didn't circle it. But that's the order. You have, you have the left-hand order. You have the right-hand order. You have the left-hand order, you have the right-hand order. The left-hand order is your tithes and offerings, your first fruit, your alms and your seed. And it has to go in that order. You can't use your alms for your tithes. Who remembers what the alms is? When you give to the poor, when you give to somebody that is really in need, but Jesus said to do it, secretly why did he say to do it in secret to protect the dignity of the people nobody wants to screen it face up on the screen when they're in need Jesus protects the dignity of the people 
And your seed is wherever God tells you to sow a seed. That's where increase really starts happening, is in that seed. So, um, Zinni and I was going to go because we're going to get to get her back home. But Chris, if you'll close the service, but I want to play that song, and I want to get the lights out, and I want you to bring your biscuit. If it don't work for you, you come to me. If it don't work for you, you come to me. But you follow this order. Just like the guy told, and you know that guy that uh, about the tithes? I told him how to pay the tithe, why he had to pay the tithe. And the Lord said, you know, if he doesn't pay the tithe, then you reimburse him. I mean, if it doesn't work for him, you reimburse him. I never heard from the guy. Till like five years later, he came through Savannah. And now he's got a huge architectural firm making millions of dollars because of the time. So don't worry. Don't worry. God's got your back. He's got you a ram in the bush. I'm his ram, I guess. Because you know what? Our humanity wants to feel safe and secure in our decisions. I'm going to tell you, when you're, when you're following God, you may not feel safe and secure, but you are. You are. I'm a, I'm a testimony of this. So did you understand the message? You're not a biscuit. You're blessed. You're a blessed people. And God wants to get something into your hands. To be a blessing to your children's children. Amen. So I think Carl had a couple of songs and just turn the lights out and you pray and you ask the Lord, what's my biscuit amount? I've been in, in, in sometimes I'd give and give everything I had or nothing in my pocket and it felt so free. A freedom came on me. That's how I know God just took charge. Remember, the devil is a liar. The devil is the spirit of fear. He is the spirit of fear. So he may be hitting you with fear right now. It's a lie. It's impossible for him to tell the truth. Because Jesus said no truth dwells in him. But God has your back, he has your front, he has your sides. He's got you covered. He's proved himself over and over again in this ministry. He's got you covered. Amen. I love you. Give the Lord some praise for his message tonight.